0: To Entrepreneur Sessions, the podcast. I'm Jennifer. I'm one of your hosts. This is Mario, He's your co host. He's going to be joining us on camera. There he is right there. You Thank it. you so much for joining in today. We have a very, very special guest. We have Marcus Bauer. He's the founder of She's Happy Hair, CEO, the creator, the architect of this national, well, really global hair brand is global honestly and he'll get into that more when we get into our conversation but um it's an honor to have Marcus on the podcast today Marcus is a wealth of knowledge and he's really he's a real I'm not going to say like a rags to riches story but he built this business from the ground up with no help so today we're going to be talking about how Marcus built Cheese Happy Air we're going to be talking about branding we're going to be talking about a lot of things so i want to start off by just welcoming Marcus.
1: So what up, Marcus? Thank you for being here today. Look, First off, man, thank you for creating this platform uh, for the entrepreneurs in the world. You know, I feel like we need more of us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good to see you again. I appreciate yeah. the platform again. Uh, I'm just happy to be here. I can't wait to just start diving into these courses and just start giving what I have inside of me to everybody else. I feel like the world don't ask me enough questions. You know, I feel like I know a lot. I do a lot. But I make it look so easy, and now I wanna—I want people to stop me and ask me, so I can, you know, just share the, the wealth of knowledge. And so, um, and it starts with education, you know. So, yeah. what you got for me? Let's go and jump it off. I'm excited.
0: Before before we kick into Mario, um, one thing I want to say real quick is that it's already standing out is when we interviewed Tony Williams on our last episode. That was something that he said. He said. I have all this experience. I've worked with Kanye. I've worked with Pharrell. I've worked for everybody. And he said, the people who are actually closest to me, who know me, never ask
1: me for advice. I'd be shocked. They and that's me, crazy. They ask for the money. They ask, the money though. they ask you to borrow a dollar. You <laughs> know <laughs> what I'm saying? They ask you to borrow a dollar. Like, hey, man, I, I'm not going to let you borrow a dollar, but I can yeah, tell you how to get one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can tell you how to yeah. get a couple of them. You know, so, um, sure. you know, I, I, I've, I've, I'm done with my sponsorships. You know, in the past, as a business, you always sponsor this, sponsor that. And now yeah. I'm not really into sponsoring anymore. I'm more into partnering up, you know, so that's I'm want right. to give you money and that's it. If we go, if I'm going to give you money, I want to partner up with you and join a team and enhance whatever it is that you plan on doing, you know, because if you're doing it and I plan on investing in it, that means it's a way to change the world. I want to be a part of that change.
0: That's right. And that's funny. One of our uh, listeners, Valencia, had just said, that's crazy. But people have these amazing research. Y'all, this is a millionaire, well, probably more than a millionaire on the call right now. And nobody's asking how you became a millionaire. So anyway, Mario, let's
2: jump it off. Go ahead, you got oh, it. Hey, how's it going, Marcus? What's up, what's up, Mario?
1: How you doing, man? Where's Luigi?
2: Uh, you know, he's he's down the street. You know, he's doing his thing. So do, do, do they
1: have, do? You hear that all the time with your name being Mario and my original. Princess Leia, Louise <laughs> Peaky, I,
2: I get all of that.
1: Man. Look, some people don't know about you know
2: Donkey Kong. You know that's been way back when. You know what I'm saying? They're not years. ready, man. They're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, um, jumping right into it real quick. Uh, to, this is we're in July now, so yeah. uh, the theme that we have is called the Creative Series: Thinking Outside of the Box. So this month we're focusing on creativity and strategy as it relates to business. And so, breaking starting from that, how did you get started in the virgin hair and the extensions industry? Um, well, for starters, you
1: know, I, I travel the world. I, I spent a lot of time in the United States Navy, and so I got a chance to travel to Asia uh, in uniform. You know, I've been to the uh, Philippines and Malaysia and Indonesia and all those places over there. Um, and so when I got into business and decided to, to, to jump into the hair industry, it was easy for me to not just communicate with suppliers, uh, from, from a distance, you know, I didn't have to communicate with suppliers just via email. I was flying over there. I was going to say, what's up? You know what I'm saying? How's everybody? How's the fam? You know what I'm saying? That type of thing, and so when you do that, you get a chance to not just buy products and sell products back in the States, but you get a chance to really dive in and tell the manufacturers what you want and what your customers don't want. And so I was able to do that. Um, and you know, again, the, the hair industry was just wide open because everybody that dominated the beauty supply industry at that time they didn't do anything that that we jumped in and and did, you know, we jumped in with a heart. So before we jumped in, there was no black Friday sales. There was no mother's day. Nobody cared. Nobody cared about back to school, you know? And so we jumped in and created all those sales. And I think, you know, if you actually trying to start a business, a lot of them, because a lot of industries don't have their own forecast. And so if you realize that you can jump in with a forecast, control the market and take over, because when we jumped in the hair industry, you really didn't know how much hair to have when. You know, a lot of companies are running out of hair and running out of this and running out of that. But when we controlled the, the forecast and created the forecast, now we know how much we need to have in stock at back to school time. We know how much we need to have in stock on Black Friday. Again, there was no, no none of that before we jumped in, you know, and I just right. think that's that's what made it easy for us to jump in and do it right. I think that's just business. You know, in business, you should care about your customers. If you don't have a sale, a special, a deal, a birthday text, or something, you don't care enough about your customer, and if you don't care about your customer, somebody can take your customer. Mm,
2: That's a a great point, because first of all, thank you for, you know, serving the country, man, thank you for your service
1: and everything. That's about, I'm I'm most proud of that, bro, because a lot of times, uh, we kind of just look over that, you know, a lot of people don't realize how important that was in my journey, and that was the best decision I ever made in my life, you know, the second one was going to school for business, but before that, just going to the Navy, man, and seeing the world and seeing how big it is versus where you at. So, yeah, I appreciate you.
2: Awesome. Thank you. And then you led to one part real quick, Jennifer, is yeah. the relationship, you know. And that seems like a going theme in all the interviews that we've ha- we've had is a lot of the people kind of create a relationship. And, and it's that relationship that kind of, you know, helps close the deal or, or sparks new deals. So
1: Yeah, you need that. I think we're on the relationship side is like your customers – can go anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, they can, they can go spend money anywhere, and I think that once you get a customer, it's up to you to keep and maintain that customer, that customer relationship, you know, and it's up to you to do something different that everybody else isn't doing, and that difference can be anything in business, in any industry, so you got to be creative. Hmm.
0: So Marcus, how did you have the vision, though, not to deviate from the the question, but how did you have the vision to do that stuff? Did you do any kind of, like, were you researching your competitors like heavily and looking at how they were presenting products? Because you're in a, a very, very, um, I'd say very saturated space. At one point in time, everybody thought they, they could sell extensions. Everybody thought they could do that. So it's not like you were in a space that wasn't, that didn't have a lot of competition. So what was your strategy to kind of differentiate She's Happy Hair from, I know for me, and I'll let you get into the answer to the question, but I remember it was that song. It was girl, You better go to She's happy hair, like it was, it was repetitive. It was easy to remember. So if I'm not, if I don't have any other brand that I'm loyal to, or even if I do, it's something that, that was easy, made it easy for me to remember the brand.
1: The, the secret sauce, the song is great. And you know, yeah. that's a form of marketing and all forms of marketing will get people in the door. But if yeah. you don't know business, you can market all you want. And when they get there, they're not gonna ever come back again because you don't understand the ingredients and the infrastructure. And so I think what separates us She's Happy Hair, Team She's Happy Hair all across the U.S. because, you know, we got stores everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big, big, big business. You know, I, I think we'll that, that. Us yeah. is the fact that we got degrees over here. You mm-hmm. know, we're smart. You know, we read. We're mm-hmm. reading together as a team. We're not just working every day. We are growing every day. Uh, we got book clubs. We got what we call She's Happy Hair University. You know, um, just all those things matter. I think a lot of people, especially now, 2020, before the coronavirus, 2019, just, the past couple of years, everybody want to be the boss. Everybody want to be in charge. Nobody wants to join a team. And when everybody want to be a boss, you got a bunch of entrepreneurs running around that don't really know business. They just want to be in charge. And so I went to school for business. I actually, uh, I got, you know, billboards all across the city of Houston. Uh, with my face on it, not because I got money, not because, you know, I'm cute and handsome, you know, all those things are true. But it's because I went to school for, and, for, for, for business and it worked, you know, so I'm on the, the, the magazine covers of the university that I graduated from, which is University of Houston downtown, you know, go Gators on them boards, you know what I'm talking about? And see, nobody really know about University of Houston downtown, but it worked. And I think a lot of times people be like, don't go to school. It's not important. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about, bro? Because before I went to school for business, um, and I hope I already answered your question. You know, the difference is the education. The difference yeah. is they're not being afraid to go. The difference yeah. is, is, is just doing it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times people start a business. And I know I talk to people that's trying to start business, and they still on their business plan. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? Do it. Just knock it off. You know what I'm saying? Knock it off the park. And so, again, you know, on the educational side, I just think it's important to, to, to jump in and do everything that you see uh, the current uh, uh, industry doing, like the mom and pops, the people that's been there forever. And then you jump in and do what the new people are doing. And then you jump in and do what you think you should be doing. And so you add in a little bit of that, and then you take off. You know, and so for us, we took off first. You know, we actually started – When it was like the perfect storm here in Houston, I think it was like Mardi Gras in Louisiana, Super Bowl or All-Star Weekend in Houston. It was like one of those like perfect storms where everybody wanted to look their best. And so everybody was running out. And while everybody was running out of hair, the only company that had hair in the city of Houston was us. Because we knew that we created the market and we wanted to ride that wave. Of income tax season, back to school, Black Friday, uh, along with um, prom and graduation. You know, so those are our four annual sales, again, that we created that no hair company had ever posted about. We, I think I think we have to go back in time now. I think we were the first hair company to post and market hair extensions the way that the world is marketing and posting their customers and the extensions and, you know, that type of thing. We actually started way back when during the Craigslist days, you know, before Instagram. We was want money hear Craigslist first. You know what I'm talking about? We was getting that Craigslist money first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and Craigslist was there because we didn't have a website. You know, if you don't have a website, you got platforms like Craigslist and Instagram and, and all these other social media platforms. So when people be like, I'm waiting to get my site made. Before you start making money, you don't have to do that. You can make money from social media. If you know how to make money from social media, if you're on there doing it for the likes and the followers, then that's all you're going to get is likes and followers, but if you're posting a product that the people want, and then they inquiring about it in the comments, like, hey, how much? Hey, how much? what is that? Hey, what color? Then it's up to you to respond with an invoice in the DM. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to respond with that invoice, like, if you really want it, swipe the card, and i get it right over to you. You know, so I think it's big on social media as well, and I, hopefully I can get to the next question. Yeah. But on social media as well, you have to be uniformed. You know, you have to be uniformed. A lot of times you, you got one Twitter name, one Facebook name, one Instagram. Hey, ain't nobody trying to find you. It should be easy to find your store. If your store is in a website for people to walk into, if it is like a social media platform, it should be easy for them to come into your store and see what you sell. And they shouldn't have to search for the underscore and the period on one of your names and all. It's just, it's just too much, man. So. What you got? I mean, that's real. Even when we were getting ready to put
0: the episode together, all I had to type in was she's happy here at Instagram.com, and I, it was right. So I think that that's a key thing, too, that uniformity across platforms. You don't want to have she's happy here over here, she's happy her over here. Do you know what, what I'm saying? Houston, Houston says her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to get to the part real quick to the education part. So uh, you yeah. have all these different platforms that you're utilizing, uh, Craigslist and so forth uh and then you also mentioned about education because a lot of people say oh you don't need education to you know get to the next level of life so do you feel like your education plus the accessibility to craigslist kind of played together or
1: i mean what what do you i mean think about it you know like some people just not getting on social media right you know what i'm saying so i i mean craigslist that was years ago that was 2011 2010 you know that type of thing Uh, yeah a long time ago you know what i'm saying yeah a long time ago right and so Um, education matters bro. like to the extreme, like as a business owner, I see resumes all the time and I see the difference in the education based off the resumes that come across my desk. You can actually see it. Um, and with that, you know, when you join a team like mine, you have to already have been through the process of learning and working with a team. So that way, when you come over here, it's just like doing a a blackboard discussion. You know what I'm saying? Like we still working together. It might be working remotely, but I need you to be tuned in and that comes with your experience before you got to the job that you're at. You know, and so as far as education, man, I got I got a bunch of degrees. You know, I'm, I got, I'm the guy that you want to cheat off of on test day, you know what I'm saying? I got an A in physics, you know what I'm saying? I read out loud with confidence. You know, I got the juice, you know what I'm saying? And I would not have that juice if I not have been going to research and find something to get educated on. Every time I've had a job, I've always wanted to get up or move up to that next level. And so whatever my job is, whether it was an electrician or an air-conditioned technician, or an uh, engineer. Uh, I've always wanted to be the best at it. And I love sharing that I've never been electrocuted. So that means I'm the best electrician in the world. And now, do I wanna climb on rooftops right now and be out there in that sun? No, I don't. But did I? Yeah, I did. Do I know how to work on air conditioned units with my bare hands? Yeah, I can. Do I do it now? No, I don't. Now I'm a thinker, not a doer. Now I think you should do it. And I got enough money and enough know how to convince you to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like you go up there, you climb the ladder, you go sweat. I don't want to do it. What I want to do is create more businesses and create more jobs. And so, what my business degree taught me was that it was important to not just go to school to apply for jobs. You're supposed to go to school to create jobs. And there's a whole other side that they don't tell you about when you get a business degree. It's just a, its another feeling when, even during a pandemic, you know you're gonna be rich. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think I don't think without education, I don't think I would feel that way. I think even right now even if it wasn't bundles I'll still be rich. You know what I'm saying? There's so many businesses out here and I don't have to be in charge. I can join a team, some mom and pop in Cincinnati, Ohio or Idaho or Oklahoma. I can find that business and we can grow that business all across the world. We can do that. And that's what I'm about, you know? So now I'm at a point where it's not about me, it's not about just team sheets happy here. It's about showing others how to do it. You know, again, I'm being able to, to franchise businesses across the U.S. and just, just get that experience, I kind of feel like I know what I'm doing, I'm excited about it, and I'm, I'm just excited to share more of this.
0: I think that's dope. I think, um, Marcus, can you talk a little bit about uh, another historic thing that happened with your business recently with the She's Happy Hair that opened up in a, in a, a super Walmart, which oh. is like,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, again, I appreciate, I appreciate the platform because we never get a chance to talk about these these type of things. You know, um, we've been in business since 2012 uh, and we've been leading the way, you know, not just selling great quality, but in the community, like really doing what we need to do, really leading by example, pulling people up, you know, uh, we in high schools and the whole nine. And so I believe that Walmart being the awesome retail space that it is, They recognize that, hey, we market well, we handle business well, and we're always open and always in stock. We got a lot of customers. Hey, why not join forces? And Mm -hmm. instead of your customers being your customers and my customers being my customers, our customers are coming in and shopping with us. And so we have a location inside of Atlanta, uh, in in Atlanta, Georgia, inside of Walmart, which is historical. There's not another hair company or another human being uh, other than team, Team She's Happy Hair that sells hair extensions inside of Walmart. And I just think that that's something that's Black History, you know. Even though we don't have any Essence articles, and you know, we ain't got no cover page on Jet magazine, or you know what I'm saying, ain't the shade room ain't showing us no love. Understand that, it, yeah, it's Black History. So if we die today or tomorrow, this this happened, you know what I'm saying? This is this is never before happening before in the in the world. We saw hair in Macy's and Lenox Mall, uh, as well as Walmart. You uh, were in, in the California. Macy's. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Macy's, we way. we we shut the Macy's we ended the, the Macy's partnership because we, we need to focus on Walmart. That's where it's at. You know, Walmart has given us the opportunity to put stores all across the U S and all the major cities. And so we started with Atlanta because why not, right? Atlanta's the hair maker. That's where everybody's at. Atlanta's the one city that the rest of the U S is looking at. If we wouldn't open up in Walmart inside of South Dakota, nobody would care. If we open up in I don't know, uh, Utah, Indiana. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, and I love those states. If anybody online from any of those states, I love yeah. those states. Go no places, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. the world wouldn't care. I, I love to give an example of uh, Fashion Nova. You know, Fashion Nova opened in L.A. They're not even all across the world. They're just in L.A. And they're online kicking butt because everybody in the United States pays attention to these hot spots, L.A., Houston, uh, Atlanta, New York, and Chicago. So so I think their
0: partnerships, I'm sorry. I was going to say Fashion Nova. They, they have some amazing uh, influencer relationships. Their influencer marketing strategy is amazing. But go ahead, Martin.
2: Uh, so, you know, kind of as, as an entrepreneur, you know, you've been doing this for a minute. Um, what would you consider was your biggest accomplishment? Would it be the Walmart or has it been other bigger accomplishments that you've uh, achieved?
1: Um, the biggest accomplishment is uh, understanding my, my, my mission in life you know it's not about uh, the walmarts it's not about the stores i have it's not about me flying to work every day none of that it's about why i'm here you know what i'm saying and once i realized why i was here it was it's easy now, now I, I, I can live with little or less than what i have because i know why i'm here you know i'm not here to stunt i'm not here to put money to my ear i'm not here to tell you we made 80 million dollars since 2012. i'm here to tell you that hey education works i'm here to tell you that the military is a true process and that you can trust. I'm here to tell you that there's a new underground railroad that we don't talk about. And I think we need to talk about it. You know what I'm saying. And so I spent a lot of time in high schools talking to the youth, men, women that are about to jump into the real world to let them know like, hey, the world stops caring once you graduate. You know what I'm saying. You can go get a job and be a Marat. rat. Uh, you can go straight to college. And, you know, get the financial aid and hope that you don't fizzle out and spend all that money. Because what happens is you get that financial aid check and you never had the type of money before. And so you buy everything except for books. And so you kind of get stuck right there, right? And then you got some people that just graduate and do nothing. And so my process, I love telling people, if you're new, you're young, you're about to jump into the real world, go to the military. Go to the Navy. Go to the Air Force. It's an easy platform. You go through that to become better, and then when you come back, you're better with more resources for the rest of your life. Instead of just trying to graduate in the hood and trying to figure it out in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just an easier process. I know that I wouldn't be where I'm at, and my mind wouldn't be what it is had I not went to the Navy. And so instead of us having people that's never been to the military and never fought for the country, telling the world, like, it's a waste of time, or don't don't do it, you're gonna die. It ain't none of that, bro. That's why I'm telling you, if you go to the Navy and the Air Force, you will not get shot at, but you will get all the benefits. You know what I'm saying? And it's a great thing to have. You know, I, I got so many benefits, bro, and I'm, I'm balling out of control. I don't need the benefits, but I know people that wish they had them. You know, and so I want to just show that process and that Underground Railroad, kind of like Harry Tubman did when we was freeing the slaves, because if you still stuck where you at, you're still a slave. If you free, you can go anywhere. And I can go, I can go to, to the airport right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and fly somewhere right now. I feel
0: free. <laughs> That's true freedom. I really like how you referenced the the military background. And I, I think I, you, you're basically, I know you attribute that to a lot of the discipline that you have to have as a business owner, right? Because yeah. as a business owner, it's not like that nine to five where you know you, you're motivated to get up because you know if you don't go in, you won't get that check. It's like you have to be your own self-motivator. So I really like that you mentioned the military and the benefits of joining the Navy and different things. So. I wanted to talk about, you know, currently, if you look on She's Happy Hair, um, the Instagram page, you guys have over 215,000 followers. Um, you've opened seven store locations. Um, let's talk about like social strategy. What are some things that you did at the beginning to really like to, to build that up? 215,000 followers is not like, not a small number. And that, I know that's not something that happened overnight. So can we talk about that a little
1: bit? Yeah, I think the, the thing with social media uh, is that you want to stay consistent. You know, you, you might go to some people's pages, and they might be posting, like, I'm talking about stuff that looked like it's a waste of time. But they got a million followers because they was consistent with that stuff that looked like it was a waste of time. You know, you got to be consistent with your posts. If you don't look open online, then you're not open. You know, if you haven't posted in six days, you're not open. You know, so I think the main thing is just being consistent, maybe posting, you know, two to six times a day based off your industry. Uh, and then knowing what, 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 what the people want to see, you know, do they want to see you, you know, they, they want to see the CEO going, you know, with the lives and stuff. They don't want to see you. They want to see the products or themselves. You know, we started posting customers to get that customer relationship built online. So we post you, you post us, you know, you hashtag us, you got to show love to get love on social media. And so even though that changed recently, because everybody's a celebrity now, back in the day, it was team follow back. You know what I'm saying? And on Instagram, you can only follow 7,500 people. And so if we could, we could follow 215,000 people. You know what I'm saying? And so just knowing that, I think um, just, just being real, you know, and again, when you're doing what you say you're going to do, the people come find you. You know, if we open seven days a week. We open seven days a week, you know, and if they can't find another company and we open seven days a week, they typing in Houston hair, Atlanta hair, you know, whatever. I think your hashtags matter. Uh, and influencers matter. You know, I think it was a time where people were just using influencers to kind of build their brands. Uh, we use everybody. You know, Our everybody's a VIP. You know, so we got influencers with a million followers, and then we got customers with one follower. And so everybody's a VIP. We post them all, and we show love to them all. You know, and I think right now, one of my social strategies that we're using now is that uh, instead of just working with influencers and just posting, um, you know, uh, hashtags and cheese happy here or hey, look at me with my hair or any of that. And I was like, hey, in your story, we need for you to post this text in. And the text in is actually like text the word happy, H-A-P-P-Y, uh, for your chance to win free hair for a year. And so with that, people text in daily. We build up our database. We give our free hair every so often to random customers, you know, email or via text. We post it sometime and we continue getting that response and building up our database. I think that's important to do because, If you're online just doing it for the followers and the likes, you're not going to get the response that you want to get when you're really closed and they can't come in. You know, when COVID-19 hit, our database is so big that we could talk to our customers via email, where some people were waiting on customers to come in and talk to them. We were telling them what we got in stock via email, while some customers was waiting to the outside open back up before they can talk to another customer. You know, so I think you have to build those email relationships those social media relationships. No question is a dumb question from your business page. Answer every question. You know what I'm saying? And there's no comment that goes unanswered on our social media page. Interaction fuels action. You know, so if you want somebody to act and purchase with you, interact with them. You know, so it's just those small things that we do consistently across the board. And the social media team is so amazing. Like, I can't even, like, brag on them enough. You know what I'm saying? Because we made a transformation. We changed our logo up. We uh, clean up our social media. Our website's brand new. We even finance hair right now. We were the first company in the world to finance hair extensions. Again, it's a lot of Black history over here. So uh, hopefully, you know, uh, uh, we get a chance to put this on YouTube or something. Because I was just watching a video yeah. with Dick Gregory on there, and he's no longer with us, right? But I was still mm-hmm. soaking in those gyms. But go ahead.
2: Yeah. And that led to another thing, pivoting. You know, uh, with this whole COVID thing, you, you dropped a couple of nuggets on maybe how you had pivoted your company. Uh, and so a lot of people on here, you know, whether they, they're doing hair or they have some kind of, you know, other business, you know, they're trying to figure out how to pivot and, and change with this time. So are there a couple of thing, other things that you guys done to kind of, you know, adjust to the, uh, the change? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, the billionaires are online. You know what I'm
1: saying? It's people making money outside, but right. their billionaires are online. And so, whatever you're thinking about, it has to have an end goal of something online. You know, so if you go start a business and it has to be, you know, a physical business uh, with brick and mortar and all of that other good stuff, the end goal has to be online because that's where the money's at. Um, I created this new brand called Hanging Game. Uh, it's a physical business, and so since outside's not open, I can't I can't make money, right? But because I have a few dot coms, uh, I've been to China. I've been to the Canton Fair, which is a nugget. C-A-N-T-O-N. C-A-N-T-O-N. If you've never been to the Canton Fair, it's one of the most amazing places you can go to as far as events and trade fairs in the world. Understand that anything you grab around you, behind you, outside in the car, is probably made in China. And so if it's probably made in China and you want to start a dot com, you got to go there to get it. And so I've been over there so many times to get whatever, right? I got watches. I got, uh, I got all type of stuff that I sell online. You know, it's not just hair. And so with that, you just kind of, you, you, you build from there. You know, you learn, you make, make your mistakes, you, you create that e-blast, you, you talk to your customers daily. All the brands that you spend money at, they email you, all of them. So if you want a customer or you have a customer, you're not emailing your customer, like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not, you're not, I don't know. What are you doing? You're about to lose it. <laughs> Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. Marcus,
0: there was an event that you did uh, a few years ago, and it was a live activation. I know everything's closed right now, but I think that this is a really great introduction to your brand. You did a full, um, you rented a venue. You had radio partnerships. You had all these different um, satellite stations set up where you get your makeup done, get your hair done, and you also also did auditions for the hairline. I thought that was a great, like, in-person Activation, and I thought it gave me a new um, experience with your brand, just because I was able to actually talk with people, feel the product, and for a lot of people, sometimes um, you know, social media may catch your attention, but that live event kind of closed the deal for me. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to throw that in because I like how you, over the years, I've seen you infuse so many different strategies when it comes to how you market, and you know, I think it's it's very important to implement more than not just you can't just be social. You can't just be newsletter.
1: You got to be everything. You got to get people everywhere they that do uh, That's the happy experience. Yeah. Uh, it's called the happy experience. We do a few events across the U.S. Uh, annually. Uh, we got the back to school backpacks. Uh, we got Chocolate Santa. Uh, Chocolate Santa goes to all the stores and, and give gifts to the kids. You know, a lot of times we've been taking pictures with the other Santa and, you know, Black Lives Matter, right? So we got Chocolate Santa at all the locations every Christmas. Uh, We just do uh, a lot of that. And so the happy experience was an event that we created just before income tax season uh, that gave our customers a chance to be a part of our marketing. We we had commercials on TV that played during Love and Hip Hop. You know, we got uh, radio commercials. We got billboards. We got advertisement on physical flyers. This is an opportunity for models to expose themselves, you know, to get more exposure to bigger brands, to get more exposure to other photographers, to get more modeling opportunities. And so uh, with those modeling opportunities, we created the happy experience, the casting calls. You know, we bring out uh, stylists, nail techs, makeup artists, and we just get these services for free. Uh, and We get a chance to pamper the community that, that, that takes care of us and market and shop with us, you know, the entire year. And so the happy experience, the biggest part is, the casting call, the lines are always long, is always packed, and people want to be on TV. They want to be a part of a national brand. Uh, some hair companies are local, and She's Happy Hair is a, a household name that's known in every city and state across the U.S.
2: So with this event, how you guys, are you guys going to continue with this event this year, or are you going to change it up a little bit to where it's more virtual? No, no, so,
1: so, so this year, uh, we, we did not do the happy experience. Uh, you know, we just focus on Walmart in Atlanta, you know, that was the bigger, the bigger bang. You know, again, we're focusing on Walmart and building up that Atlanta store, because what a lot of people don't know as well is we were the last hair store to open up during the during the pandemic, when all the other companies were closed, and everything was shutting down. She's Happy Hair was the only hair store that you can walk in and still touch the bundles at, because we were open inside of Walmart, and Walmart was essential. And of oh, course, wow. if, if Walmart's essential, we're essential. You know, we've been essential. I was trying to tell everybody that we was essential since day one. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, right now they didn't realize how essential we was until, you know, maybe week three or four, or we're about a month in, and those lives start looking a little different. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, we got to get the sheets up here. Right. And so just knowing that we got a chance to 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 be a part of history again. Uh we were open during the pandemic. Um, and that, that's, you know, I'm just excited to just be a part of that platform and be able to say that. You know, to say that we were resilient, even while everybody else had to kind of take a step back. Uh, and it's just amazing that to shout out to the team, shout out to Team Atlanta, you know, manager out there. Uh, actually, he's more than the manager. I don't know what he is. We, we don't, I don't even like titles, man. I just love adding awesome people to the team, you know. So uh, the manager out there, uh, he's amazing and uh, he, he's just making it happen, you know, even during the pandemic, we're making it happen. I love it. Yeah. You know, uh, Marcus, you were
0: saying something about how the business is doing so good right now. Even while we're all on lockdown and pandemic and everything, profits are still coming in and everything. And it reminded me because I watched the um, Essence Festival uh, virtually this weekend. And there was one of the final panelists. I can't remember all the ladies that were on there, but all of them were talking about how the most successful businesses are built during recessions
1: or during times of economic, you know. You got to study the Spanish flu. Yeah, uh, I've been studying the coronavirus. I knew about the coronavirus before the news people did. You know what I'm saying? I got people over there. They was WhatsApping me saying, hey, you need me to be seeing some masks? I was like, no, nah, I don't need no masks. Because in, in, uh, in China and Malaysia and in India, some of those places, they've been wearing masks. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That's been That's a part of It's like grabbing a cell phone. They grab a mask, cell phone, and a mask. You know, they, that's normal. And so once I got wind that something was coming, I just started looking at what was happening over there to figure out how much it was going to affect us here. And so I just remember when the NBA shut down and then Apple shut down, and once those happen, you know, if a black man can't play basketball, it's the end of the world, you know what I'm saying? Got to be the end of the world, you know what I'm saying? Because why not, right? And so once I realized that, I'm like, okay, it's happening, and now you have to just focus your energy towards online. You got to focus your energy towards online. You know, you got to communicate with your customers. You got to let them know that you're open online. You got to start offering them stuff to shop with you. And again, you want to, even with that, continue building your customer database. Even if people can't shop with you, you can still build your database somehow, some way. Whatever industry you're in, you should still be able to build your database so that way when you do open up, you can tell all these people that you've been talking to since the coronavirus started to come shop with you. Exactly. But if you're not talking to them, if you like, I ain't going to create a social media until I got everything I need, okay, you need customers. You know what I'm saying? So you could go get customers or followers or numbers or whatever it is you need to go get to communicate and then just kind of grow from there. Right now, we had a point as a brand team, She's Happy here. we can sell anything, right? We can sell, we sell lashes. You know, I flew over there to, 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 uh, I flew over to China to go get the lashes. I didn't order the lashes online. I flew over there. I went to the factories. I'm talking to the people. I was flying across China like I fly across the U.S. China is bigger than the U.S. I go to, to other places every Memorial Day. This Memorial Day, I couldn't go. Two years ago, I went to India. Me and Adrian Richardson, we flew to India to go have multi-million dollar business meetings. Now we got Indian hair. You know, you can order online and hope that they send you what you want, or you can go get it. When I uh, started my woodtimeinsit.com, which is a wooden watch company, I was in China talking to the wooden watch people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Telling them what I want different from everybody else. You know, the, the, when you correspond or you talk to those suppliers, they know speaking English, you know. So you got to be over there with a translator sometime to really get what you really want. And you can't be afraid to go over there and, and, and do it. Now's not a good time. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, this is back in, you know, it's a year ago. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. year, my plan, I was going to Africa. I was going to Ghana. I was going to the tech festivals in Ghana to go uh, and invest in those ideas, you know, to, to, to bring Africa to where it needs to be. You know, because I've been to Nigeria, I've been in South Africa, and, and it's cool. It's fun, you know, and it's a lot of opportunity there. But I think that we're over here having so much fun that we forget about the opportunity over there. And I'm that, trying to do over there. Say saying? that again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunity. Um, so let's transition a little bit. I mean, we've talked about a lot about your strategy and different things like that. What have been some of your biggest setbacks and challenges as an entrepreneur? Um,
1: the wrong people on the bus the wrong people on the bus when you first start a business you just need help you don't care where the help come from you like hey you want a shirt you want a shirt you want a shirt you know what I'm saying everybody gets a shirt and so you just start bringing in your peers the people that's closest to you but the main ingredients of a business is the HR you know what I'm saying it's it's your your handbook it's the policies it's the stuff that they show you as soon as you get to any other business people think about everything else but the HR is most important. That's the brains of the business. And so that's what I care about. You know, uh, that's what we care about. That's what my whole team cares about. You know, we got mission statements. We got a way of doing business. We're not just doing business. And I think that that's important for everybody to know. Uh, you can't grow your business. You can get money, but you can't grow your business without a uh, proper HR. You know, without the proper training, without the proper uh, entre- uh, onboarding, without the proper hiring tactics and, and firing tactics, you know, uh, evaluations, all those things that you experience at the job, that's what you need to bring to your entrepreneurial dreams.
2: Just so with that out. experience of bringing people on and taking people off. Um, do you guys have kind of like a rigorous process whenever you interview people, or definitely,
1: definitely. So it's uh, we got some of the best people that, uh, you know, again, we're, we're a multi-million dollar company, you know, so we're not just hiring just any old body. Um, now there's a, a, a strenuous interview process, not just for the executives in the suite, but more so just to get in the store, you know, because we got a certain brand. So anybody can't just come and try and provide the She's Happy Hair customer service. You got to really talk the talk. You know, you got to really care. You got to really buy in. And if you ain't drinking the Kool-Aid, then we go, you go going to be the odd man out, because everybody else is drinking the Kool-Aid. Everybody else is doing what we're supposed to do. So if you're not doing what you need to do, everybody will be looking at you like, what you doing? And after so many fingers is pointing at you, we got to get you out of here. You know what I'm saying? Because we can't allow the bad reviews that you created to take down the whole brand. You know, we can't allow the bad you showing up late. You know, when we open up at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and you showing up late, um, and, and customers are outside waiting for you to open up because you're the key holder. You know we don't we don't allow that here we got standards and that's what everybody should have especially in any business especially if you want to grow and when it comes to growing a team uh, you got to grow with them not just like annually or yearly but mentally you know and so me i'm a teacher bro i got a teacher certification degree you know what i'm saying i was teaching before i started she's happy hair you know so there's a lot of things that was going on in the midst of then Versus now, that just kind of brought me to where I'm at. And I'm still able to teach entrepreneurship. I'm still able to teach leadership, sales, management, the whole team. You know, I don't have to teach everybody. I'm learning from some of them. You know what I'm saying? Again, we're adding people to the team with degrees. But even if you don't have a degree, even if you don't have what it takes to be an executive or on a leadership team right now, we got opportunity for you in the store for you to learn and grow. You know, so there's people that started off making $11 an hour that make a salary now. You know, so it's people that, that can come on the team, make bonuses. You know, a lot of jobs out here, it's just you get $11 an hour, you get $11 an hour. You get $12 an hour, you get $12 an hour. It's not like that here. You come in, your base rate is your base rate. But if you come in and you slanging products, like last month we had like seven, eight people hit bonus. You know, so you come in slanging products curbside too because we ain't even open. I'm talking about they, they, they let it off curbside, not just because they got great sales tactics, but because the products is quality. You know, so you got repeat customers, you got new customers, and your job is to pitch every product or pitch some products to the customer. And if you're not pitching products, then we got to get you out of here. You know what I'm saying? So it's just that culture, that environment. Um, and I've never asked anybody to do anything that I won't do. That's
2: awesome. well, is there anything you haven't done from teaching military and electricity? Well, and I, I can't dunk. You
1: know what I'm saying? I never dunked from a 10-foot goal. You know what I'm saying? I was about to post that. I was about to post on Twitter. You know how you get ready to post something, and then Uh you go ahead and delete it. you like, don't press send. Don't press send. Uh My thoughts were, I was like, to all my youngins, everybody that said you can be anything you want to be, they lie, bro. You can't. You know what I'm saying? If you can't dunk, you can't go to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of people that, that be trying to force dreams. And I want to just wake those people up. You got to know when to put the ball down and do something else. And I put the ball down a long time ago, and I've been rich ever since. Bro, I ain't hooped in years. I might have shot a, you know, a free throw or something, but that's it. You know, I'm not a hooper. I remember I used to spend hours at the gym shooting, running up and down the court, sweating, play, you know what I'm saying, like playing. And I'm, I'm not playing anymore. I'm building. I love it. So. Mark, with everything that's going on
0: right now, with all the success that She's Happy here has had, do you have a mentor? Or do you have somebody that you look to for direction on what the next uh, definition
1: of success looks like? It's easy. That's a, a great question. In, in my book that I'm going to drop one day, you know what I'm saying? It's called Martin Luther King Boulevard, Road Street Mindset. And, you know, I, I'm going to drop it one day. But in the book, I have a chapter called Coffee Cup Holders. And coffee cup holders are people that's at the job with you holding the coffee cup telling you what to do. You know what I'm saying? Every job has them. That should be your goal. If you can't pay for college, you need to learn from the coffee cup holder. What did you do? How did you get there? Trap them in their office and you ask them how they got to where they at. And some of those gyms that they give you, pursue it as if your life depended on it. Because it does. I used to work for the city of Houston at the water plant. And when I worked at the water plant, I worked there for exactly a year. I remember after my year, it hit me. I'm like, man, I'm dirty every day. You know, we out here cleaning tanks and all this other stuff, but there's people in the trucks around us clean, in the A.C., listening to the radio for eight hours. And so one day I went and knocked on the window of one of those doors. I'm like, I'm knocking on the truck window like, hey, bro, what you do? He was like, man, I'm an electrician. That's how I became an electrician. When he told me that he was an electrician, I'm like, I could be an electrician in the truck, in the A.C., or I can be these guys. I went and registered for college uh, to be an electrician at Houston Community College. After that, I was working as an electrician, and I'm looking around, seeing I'm tired of climbing up on roofs and all this other stuff, right, or being in in the heat. Because if they, if they, need, if they need power, the A.C. not on. So if I'm there, the air conditioning is not working, right? So we go doing all these build-offs and all these constructions, and I just recognize that somebody looked like they were smiling a little more than me. I pulled them to the side. I trapped them. I'm like, bro, what you do? He was like, I'm an A.C. technician. I went to school to be an AC technician. And I was only able to go to school so many times because I went to the Navy, because school was free. I, I was getting paid more money to go to to go to college. If I wasn't going to college, I would have never got more money. I had extra money going to ACC. The amount of money that you get when you fight for the country, you can go spend all that money at Rice and U of H and PV and TSU, or you can go to ACC and bank the difference. You know what I'm saying? And so I went to ACC. And I was getting more money, you know, getting some more extra. The the difference was in my bank account, helping me survive while I was in school, not really struggling. You know what I'm saying? I haven't struggled since boot camp. You know what I'm saying? Since since I joined the Navy. You know, I've been balling out since boot camp. I tell people all the time, like, as soon as I graduated from boot camp, I had more money than everybody in my house. And so it's important to to always learn from the people around you. You know, and so coffee cup holders, you just keep going. You keep, you never stop learning. and, And anything's possible after that. I think once you uh, once I, uh, I, I I taught a little bit, and then you you know you engineer, and then you know you be electrician, and then you know you your military, your soldier, your sailor, your all this. The thing that they didn't tell you about was business and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Everything that they tell you about is so you can go get a job. I mm-hmm. went. I've been to so many resume classes growing up. You know what I'm saying? None of those resume classes told me nothing about how to interview. You know what I'm saying? Not not like how to interview for the job. I'm talking about like, how to give the interview. You know what I'm saying? I want to learn that stuff. And if you want to learn that stuff, you got to go learn it. If not, you go always be waiting on the interviewee to ask you a question. You know what I'm saying? And so which side of the table do you want to be on? And so I made my decision a long time ago.
0: Oh, your second book. I know you got a name for the first, but the second one needs to be Ballin' Since Boot Camp. So just
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't forget. I let's trademark that <laughs> <real> quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big on hey, that Mario. I'm big on that for real, man. It's just, it's like, I love it, Mario. You got? You was gonna say something?
2: Oh, I no, said so let's let's go ahead and trademark that real quick.
1: So, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Marcus.
1: Go ahead, Jim.
0: Uh, what other projects are you currently working on? I know you talked about the wood watches a little bit. What is there anything else? Talk
1: about everything. If you're into investments, we just put the whole well, once the coronavirus took place. Yeah, I started doing everything. You know, you got yeah. time now. There's no excuse. Yeah. You can't be too busy to do nothing. And so I had never invested in stocks before the coronavirus. Uh, I had a TD Ameritrade account maybe like three, four months before the coronavirus. I put $2,500 into that TD Ameritrade account. Um, I started watching videos. You know, I ended up on TD Ameritrade because I was on YouTube trying to figure out which platform was the best stock option, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Which one was going to be the easiest for me? to hop on and be the most user-friendly and make the most money on. And all of my research told me that TD Ameritrade was it. So I put that $2,500 on there, and me not knowing anything about stocks, I started waking up and going to sleep watching YouTubes on stocks, you know, just listening. I would literally fall asleep with headphones in my ear talking about stocks. You know what I'm saying? And so after that, I felt comfortable enough to invest. And after that, it was, I felt like it was easy. It's investing the products that you see. You know, invest in the brands that's in everybody's house. You know what I'm saying? Johnson & Johnson. Uh, I invested in Zoom because I knew that we was going to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm making a lot of money. Every time I do this, I'm making money. You know what I'm saying? So I invested, got a lot of shares in Zoom. I got shares in Coca-Cola. I knew that once the shutdowns happened and everything was cleaned off the shelves, that the one thing that you was going to be able to find on the shelf was Coke. You know what I'm saying? The crack. Coca-Cola Classic. You got to have that group that there. you know what I'm saying? Whatever that is, right? And so I invested in, in Coca-Cola. Um, I invested in a lot of businesses. Again, Johnson & Johnson, I was just recognizing that, you know, they were Donald Trump. they Team Trump. They're trying to get the vaccines, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, I want some of that vaccine money, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we got to watch them make it anyway, right? So once you start learning and researching, again, what businesses are winning, those are the ones to invest in. I think I got Facebook. I got Apple. You know the basics. You know what I'm saying? Amazon. The ones that you know are going to win during a pandemic or after a pandemic, I don't have to watch my account and, and trade and, and sell. And I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm starting other businesses. So you have to jump into businesses where you can trust the investment. It's just like real life. On stocks, you don't want to play games and put into a business that you might not see tomorrow. You want to put into a business that's been here forever, that you know is going to win. And so, yeah, you can play those up and down games, but I got my account set up to where I'm just winning. I don't have to. I'm going through all this. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm a ride it out. You know what I'm saying? And so that's one thing. Right. Stocks. Um, I jumped into real estate. Um, You know, it's, it's a lot of opportunity here because a lot of people around the world don't understand how important this land is in America. Understand that wherever the biggest or most expensive real estate is in your city, that's what America is to the world. Everybody want to come here. You can buy land in South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Montana, and somebody will come by, you know? So it was up, look at what Kanye did. He just bought all type of acres out there in Montana. You know what I'm saying? Because somebody wanted, right? And so when you think about these cities, these major cities, especially there's a lot of pockets that we know about, yeah, we know we can go there we can flip the house we can rebuild we can sell but not sell to anybody you want to sell to yours if you go sell you know there's airbnb options um one of my best businesses right now uh that i'm super excited about me and my boy uh, brandon coleman we came up with it um it's called hanging game and uh brandon coleman he owns another business called cinema anywhere everybody around me got business. i'm saying everybody around me you got a job and a business or you just got a bunch of businesses you know what i'm saying but everybody around me got a business and so his company is cinema anywhere they rent out um big screen tvs all across the city of houston so now amcs are closed movie theaters are closed guess who they call it he booked booked and busy right outside movie theaters You got the headphones the silent party headphones you know so he's doing all that i brought him in and told him hey man i got this new idea it's called Hanging Game. Um, I flew out to Sacramento, California. I went to a festival. It was a Memorial Day weekend festival at uh, in Sacramento. And at that event, they got uh, vendors, right? You got vendors at, you know, basketball. You, you make a shot, you get a teddy bear. You know, that type of stuff. You hit the dart, you win something. Right next to them, they had this pull-up bar. And so the pull-up bar was just right there, right? You pay $20 to hang for 100 seconds. And if you hang for 100 seconds, you get $100. And so I did it twice. I did it twice. I did it one day, and I lost in front of my niece. I felt bad, right? You know what I'm saying? So I, I went back the next day. I'm like, I'm going back just for this. We're going to play and ride rides. But mentally, I'm like, no, I'm going to defeat this, this pole, this pull-up bar. And so $40 in, I lost. First time, I lost nine seconds. Second time, I was six seconds away. The point is, I donated $40 to a thing. And so as I was sitting there, I just looked at all the people that was waiting in line to hang on this pull-up bar and all the people that I was about to lose because I'm physically fit. So I know if I can't do it, y'all can't do it. You know what I'm saying? And so what I recognize is that there's money there and anything you see in one city, you can do in another. Anything you see in one city, you can do in another. It's very important to recognize that when you travel, when I travel, I don't just travel for fun. I'm traveling for ideas, for motivation, you know, to come back and do something great. And so when I traveled to Sacramento and I saw that pull-up bar, that that little game, uh, hanging game, right, Uh, I came back to Houston and I started looking up CNC machinists that could recreate that pull-up bar. And I couldn't find anybody. I started finding people. I looked on Craigslist. I met and had a couple meetings. I think people stole my idea because some of the people that could make it stopped answering my phone calls, you know what I'm saying? Because just as well as I'm telling y'all how easy this is, I was giving this idea to everybody that would ask me, like, hey, Marcus, I want to make some money with you. I would send them the video. I would send them, hey, man, go make one of these. Because you can do this anywhere. There's festivals happening all around the world. All you gotta do, I'm, I'm gonna be at the rodeo this year. This Texas State Fair, just it, they just canceled it. I'm mad because I was gonna bend at the Texas State Fair. I was gonna have a booth set up called Hanging Game and get all that Texas State Fair money for all these days. And so, knowing that, you know, I'm not money hungry. I'm just about creating jobs. And so, Hanging Game is something I can do in any city or state. In any festival all at the same time you know because of technology and because i don't have to be there and because i can pay you 15 dollars an hour to man the bar you know what i'm saying so it's just knowing that uh and now it's an awesome brand it ain't even kicked off yet i created the instagram so if you want to follow me on instagram hang and gain on instagram because see right even though i'm not making money i'm not waiting right why would i wait i know the money is there the money's at the end of the rainbow I'm gonna make a million dollars off people hanging on a pull-up bar. You know what I'm saying? And so with that, I'm also gonna record the content. I'm gonna have videographers out there, and I'm gonna have a hanging game YouTube page, which is already go subscribe to the hanging game YouTube page. You know what I'm saying? And you'll see that you know we're we're rocking and rolling. We're, we're it's a it's a thing. And so when our side opens up, we'll be able to press play on YouTube and just see people hanging. And you might be able to bet and decide on, hey, you think they're gonna make it, you think not, that's the future that I'm going to. I want people to be able to place bets on Hanging game live. But until then, that's the future, right? That's the future, I don't have to go that far. I'm just right here where I just wanna get the cash money and post up at the events and record it, post it on YouTube and have people watching the YouTube video to see to the end, did you hang on there long enough or not, you know, and it's just that competition that we create. And I think about those ideas all the time, you know, so again, it's not about money for me, you know. I'm more of a teacher. I'm, I care about the community, and I I just know that that's another more jobs for more people. You know what I'm saying? And it's just more opportunity. And I hate that none of my homeboys actually wouldn't create the idea because I gave it to them. I gave it to all of them, and now they are going to see me just like they saw with the hair. You know what I'm saying? When I reached out to some of my, my peers, my people around me, like, "Hey, I want you to come join this hair thing with me." They was like, "No, I don't know, Kim folk." You know what I'm saying? I don't know, Kim. I don't know about the hair, Kim folk. That ain't really my thing. Okay. Well, it's my thing. And so is hanging game. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's my newest event. I mean, my newest, my newest uh, business right there, hanging game. In that moment where you got fired from your
0: job, and obviously, I don't know how good your savings were at that time or anything like that. What, how did you stay motivated to continue on with your, you know, with your entrepreneurial endeavors? And how did you how did you stay that path instead of just doing what's safe? You had the degree. You could have went back and found another engineering job. You could have painted your tattoos with makeup and covered them. You could have wore the long sleeve. But you you once you made that transitional decision, you didn't go back. So real quick, and after this, we'll jump into Q and A, y'all. What what was your motivation to just stay the, the the path
1: the course? Um. So I mean, one, you don't want to go back to where you was, you know. So when I got fired. Um, I had a couple hundred dollars. You know, whatever that hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars was. Uh, by the time I called Warren Broadnecks, who's the CEO of She's Happy Hair, uh, by the time I called him, uh, I had about $400. Uh, he, and he had about $400 extra. So he was a firefighter. I called him because I knew as a firefighter, if I add you to a brand or a product or a business and we can grow this together, that you have more days off during the week than the average person. Because firefighters only work two days a week. And so you got money coming in, and you got time to work the shifts. And so that was my first business partner. And so that was, that's strategic, you know. And when I added him, I added him not just because he would run into fires and burning houses to save people like you and me, but because we got the same mindset. You know, you want to add people like you to your team, not people that you got to pull with you. You want people that's going to compete with you and not even compete, but grow with you and, and hold you accountable, you know? And so I added that. Um, and then from there, that four to $800, $900, uh, we just never took out the company. We never paid ourselves, you know? Uh, I rode around in the 2004 Lincoln Town Car for years. I was a millionaire riding around in the 2004 Lincoln Town Car for years because I knew that you couldn't pull up to a business in a phantom and not give people raises. You know what I'm saying? Not like we don't give raises, it's just that that energy that comes when people see what you pull up in, they ask for what they're asking for a little different when they know you got it, you know what I'm saying? And so strategically, I chose not to uh, get that attention in the world. I wanted to ride around that 2004 Lincoln Town Corps and people respect me for who I am and not my vehicle. Everybody around me that had a She's Happy Hair shirt on bought exotic cars in every city or state across the US. I was still riding around in my 2004 Lincoln Town Car because I've always understood that it's not about making other people rich. It's about getting rich and staying rich. And so the only way you stay rich is to do more. And so, and you got a job, you want to get more money, do more. And so I got businesses and I want more businesses. I'm going to do more. And so every time I've gotten a dollar, I've always started a new business. You know, me and Warren, we did flew out across the U.S., bro, just opening up businesses just with no business loan. Understand, understand this. This is important. We got, this is a GoFundMe stage. You know what I'm saying? Everybody want GoFundMe and business loan and all that. Hey man, scratch all that. Now, I understand now it's different because of the COVID-19 and coronavirus. But before all this, nobody should have to go get a loan. You can order a product online from somewhere. If somebody want it, sell it to them. Don't spend that money. Put it back into the business. And that's what we did. We went from $800 to $80 million in sales to date. And that was in 2019, I think, was the last time we did the numbers. That's nice.
0: Cool. Okay, y'all. I know y'all been waiting. It's Q&A time. I'm going to say, if you have a question,
1: you can go ahead and unmute your Yeah, real quick. Microphone. This is important, too. I'm sorry. This is important, okay. too. we're talking about um, yeah. you know, how to expand and things like that. Mm-hmm. When, when you go to another city, you don't want to go to a city that doesn't have an economy. You know, I've opened up stores in Oklahoma and Alabama. That's not what you want to do. You want to open up stores where the the business is booming. There's a basketball team, a football team, a baseball team, a hockey team, soccer, universities. Uh, You want to go there. If you don't go there, the return isn't going to be what you want. And so if you plan on expanding, expand to the right cities first. And then you have the return to go get the other money, too. You know, I can go get the other money, too, but I want the big money in the major cities. You know, and so that, that's, that's something important that I want to shoot out just in case somebody is thinking about expanding. Uh, being that we got stores in Detroit, you know, it snows there. So you don't have the same amount of days as an entrepreneur to get out here and hustle. In Houston, it don't snow. So it's more money being made all year round. You know, you can meet your customers. And all the time, Jean, you know, I'm big on yard signs. You don't have to meet your customers all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can set that yard sign up and let that yard yeah. sign do the talk. You know I wish we had time to talk about the yard signs because the yard signs is amazing. Let's jump to the q and
0: Yeah, later on, yeah, i would be in the book. If you're not, if you're not comfortable, turning on your camera, then you can just uh, unmute. Okay, there's Valencia. Valencia, you can go ahead and unmute yourself and go ahead and ask your question. Hi. Hi. I just have a quick question. Um, I work in an industry that's um, not as diverse, I guess. And so I'm wondering if you were intimidated or how you handled Going into the hair vendor industry, um, knowing that most of, or well, I don't know if most of your competition was not black or
1: not like you. How did you handle that? Um, I'm not afraid of other people. You know, the Navy taught me that everybody's your brother. Everybody's your sister. You know, when you're in the hood, you just see what's in the hood. When you actually go to the Navy, you, everybody's, you're surrounded by everybody. You know, everybody's there to save your life you know, to save everybody's lives. And so I don't, I'm not afraid of anybody, you know, so I'm not afraid to, to, to jump in and be like, Hey, what y'all doing over here? You know? And so uh, that, that's a myth, you know, uh, everybody's in control of something somewhere. And so the reason why people say the agents are dominating the market and in control because they, that's the factory. If you create a factory, you'll be in control too. And so you can't, you know, point fingers at them and get mad at them because they have a factory. Go make a factory, you know. And so you got to live by their rules. And that's what people kind of complain about. You know, in the hair industry, uh, when they say the price is going up, the price is going up. You know what I'm saying? In any industry, when they say the price, the masks, the masks, the prices went up on masks during coronavirus, mm-hmm. right? Fifty mass was 50 cents are now $50 for a pack or something, right? And so and you can't debate that. If you don't like these prices, you go get it from somewhere else. And so as far as the, the product side goes, it's wide open to us now. Before, we had to go through the Koreans and go through you know, other people to get products and hand-make them from the kitchen and all. that. We ain't doing that no more. Now, you can do it. There's nothing to stop you. You got Google. You got everything in the palm of your hand. You got all the resources you need to be successful if you want to start a business, brand, or sell a product. Now, even after you start a business, a brand, or sell that product, you still buying it from somebody. And whoever you buying it from, if you do not have those relationships with them, just like your customers, They can leave, right? Or just like the supplier, they can raise their prices. That's why I make it our business to even send a Merry Christmas to the suppliers, right? In Brazil, we send a, hey, happy Hanukkah or whatever your holiday is, right? In India, we, hey, happy whatever, because you want them to know that, hey, we care. So when you raise the prices, I don't know, think about it first. You know what I'm saying? I don't raise prices on me. You know what I'm saying? Raise it on them. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. But, you know, it's just something to think about. There's there's no white man holding you back, no none of that. What you gotta do is just do it. You know what I'm saying? And mentally first, you gotta know that nothing can stop you. And so there's no uh no guy, nobody uh on the other side of the world, or nobody on this world, on this side of the world that can stop me from being successful.
0: Awesome answer. Thank you.
1: Yes. Thanks, Valencia. Thank anybody anybody else, else got any questions? I see you, Michelle Davis, with Legarys. Where y'all at, baby? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What we got? Uh you know, I, I, I love talking roots, phone. We're a at Rust. Bridget, uh, look. Le- yeah, Le- 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 what we got? the question is that what we got?
0: I did have one. Um, what would you do differently in the beginning um if you had a chance to start over?
1: Um read. Mm. Read. Uh when you when you are winning, you sign everything. You like, man, shit, we winning around here, baby. Everybody winning, you know what I'm saying? And when you win it like that, um the the partnership agreements might not be right. You know what I'm saying? Um your vendor agreements might not be correct. You know, um, I think that, you know, something I would definitely do differently is with the supplier side, you need to negotiate in advance and put that in writing. So that way they can't raise their prices till five years or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You have to get a lawyer, create those documents and make it to where when you do start a business and you do have a product that that supplier can't just say, hey, this product used to be six dollars a unit. But we're we going up $9 a unit. And it's like, y'all going up for what? He like, cuz. like What you mean, cuz? Like, cuz? It's cuz. And so you got to get those lawyers that's going to get those documentations in place to where, again, you can hold those numbers. Where, that way you can grow your brand and then renegotiate at the end, you know, uh, after that, 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 uh, that agreement comes to an end, you know, that type of thing. I hope, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Thank you. Did you
2: end up learning that the hard way or did you know
1: that, like, right off the gate? No, I mean, I, I learned the hard way, you know, again, but right out the gate, we was already talking to them, but we didn't know that, hey, you got to get it in writing. And even then, they don't care. You know what I'm saying? What you going to sue somebody from over there? Right. Yeah, they don't care. They don't raise the prices. You could be like, hey, you said you said you weren't going to do this for whatever years. And they like, hey, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> another question you said that y'all did like 400, 400 in total eight hundred you and one of your partners, if you didn't have like enough to have a variety of your product, did you put it out or were did you wait until you had a big amount to look like you had something going
1: on to start no, nah, nah, so we started off with maybe six bundles, you know what I'm saying whatever you can get for eight hundred dollars you know what I'm saying that's what we have you know what I'm saying and from there, uh, again, we used that $800, we bought hair. We sold hair. We used the money, we, 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 we profited and bought more hair and sold more hair. And we just kept doing that without dipping into the earnings, without, without saying, I need to, we balling out, baby? We got a couple thousand. We put all those couple thousand into the hair. And even after that, you remember, we started off from the trunk of the car. And so we were meeting people in parking lots. Uh, meet you at Walmart parking lot, the mall, uh, the grocery store, your house, wherever we needed to meet you to meet you with a duffel bag of hair. And so after that, we gained enough traction and enough customers to where you had to come to us. We didn't want to travel to you. We, won't, we didn't want to go meet you in all these different places. We wanted to market the product in an address so that way you can come to us. Now, what we brought to the industry was the fact the customer service side that you can touch and feel the hair. Before we jumped in, you had to order hair from your homegirl and wait and hope that it came in on time for your wedding or your birthday or graduation. And then when it came in, you got to make sure it's matching. The colors are matching and the ends are what you want. You know, and so when we came in, we brought it to you. So that way you don't have to wait and see. You can see it right then. And, you know, once we started marking in the address, that's when the long line started happening. You know, the long lines started happening all in the buildings. Uh, we had a little suite. We paid maybe six or seven hundred dollars a month to have. It wasn't a storefront; it was just a suite. And we marketed and um, uh, and and we marketed that suite along with the products and the address. And the people came. And when they came, we did what we said that we was gonna do. We provided great customer service, uh, great quality product. We was always open on time, and the customers always right. You know, uh, always because without no customer, there's no you.
0: And then last question. Sorry, guys. Uh-huh. So you said, well, the with the risk side of it, being that y'all are guys and it's hair, y'all don't really know what women want. So how did you figure out? I know you had to do research for sure, but like, okay, this is going to sell. Did you lose a lot picking the wrong stuff in the very beginning?
1: Oh, no, not at all. Um, so in the beginning, you listen to your customers in the beginning. You know, you don't wait to listen to your customers when you're about to go out of business. You be like, ah, man, let me go and get that, get it right. You know what I'm saying? So I always listen to the customers immediately. They was telling me, like, oh, I see you with that Brazilian body wave. I'm like, oh, that's what that is. You know what I'm saying? Or they're like, no, nah, we don't like tangling. I'm like, oh, okay, y'all like tangling. Let me see what that is. You know what I'm saying? And so my boy Warren, he go to stylists and salons, and he getting the same treatment, right? And so we're learning and educating ourselves morning, noon, and night on the industry and hair. Um, and then once you recognize what your customers want, and you realize that they don't want long hair that's tickling their ankles all the time. They don't want short hair in the bob style all the time. They want that happy medium. And so we created the happy kit, which is 18, 20, and 22 inches. 18, 20, and 22 inches. That's what the market wants right now, and that's what we created. The market didn't know what they wanted. They was coming to the hair store like, we don't know what fit, where, or what size. And so once we tell you as guys that, hey, this one is not too long, not too short, that's what you want. That's the meat and potatoes, and that's what we focus on.
0: Got it. Thank you. Marcus, do you think that's helped your strategy being men in this space that is a product that is primarily your customer base is female?
1: Um, in the know? beginning, in the beginning. So, right now, is, we don't have a lot of men like we did before. You know, before we had guys in the stores, uh, they would be able to, you know, help the, the customers choose what they want. But the guys weren't selling products. We started adapting to the industry and became more than just hair. You know, once you become more than just hair, we need people in the store that knows about lashes. We need people in the store that know what edge control do. We need people in the store that that knows about shampoo and conditioning and marshmallow root. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff. And so if you don't know about that, you got to go learn it. And so when people didn't want to go learn it, we started transferring and transforming the the culture of the store. And then that's when, you know, we started just hiring whoever wanted to learn the product. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where we're at right now. If you want to learn the product, you want to hit these bonuses, you want to get this money, come on. If not, You can't be here. You know what I'm saying? And so with the guys, everybody was getting robbed. Remember back in the day, everybody out of hair companies was getting robbed. People coming to give me all your bundles. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, you ain't really just going to run up in the store with me. You know what I'm saying? Just say, give me all your bundles. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm from Martin Luther King Boulevard. You know what I'm saying? So now, you know, we got security, you know, all those different things. But at the time, it was a lot of that going on. And I think the guys in the store deterred a lot of that. Uh, on our behalf, you know, it helped us kind of grow. And so we were growing from there. You got customers who are mostly females, seeing guys in the store, providing great customer service. They telling their friends like, girl, these, these guys know all about hair. You know, I, they told, they picked this one out for me. This Indian curly, is awesome. Look at it, this is all soft and stuff. He said that I was going to get a lot of phone numbers with this, one, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever that is. And so once you create that culture, it just kind of travels and it becomes a, a virus. And that's what, what kind of took place and happened. Uh, with the industry you know and so right after that we jump back to the ladies uh, again like I said and uh, we got guys in the store that's selling and women in the store that's selling and people that's just growing with us together
0: so um, C. Russ great answer Marcus um, C. Russ made a comment I don't know if you want to jump on C. Russ and just say what you said you had an awesome comment if not I'm happy yep. to read what you wrote okay
1: go ahead yo yeah. Yeah, can y'all hear me yeah,
0: yeah I hear you
1: yeah, for sure. Salute to Marcus, man, and everything he's gone
2: through and the grind and the, and the
1: come up. You know, I definitely see it, and uh, you could you could read what I said, but I kind of have a question. And uh, this question might be in the book, but I got it right now. And uh, my question is, how does he balance
2: his personal life with business?
1: That's a good question. Great question. Um, since 2012, I've cared about what I posted. You know what I'm saying? Before 2012, bro, I was on there going in. I was on Twitter roasting boys. Like, you couldn't post a profile picture without me roasting your ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I was, I was black Twitter. I was, you know what I'm saying? We roast session at 12 o'clock. You know, and then when I started making money for myself, I didn't have time to tweet. You know what I'm saying? I got I on got, busy. You know what I'm saying? When I was clocking in, I had nothing but time to tweet. You know, and so uh, on social media, you want to post where you want to go or post who you want to be, not where you at. Um, a lot of times people post whatever they want to post, and then when income tax season run around, they're like, I do taxes. I thought you was a killer. I thought you was a, you know what I'm saying? I, th- I, thought, you was, I thought you was a stripper. You know what I'm saying? I thought you was something else. Now you, you're telling us that this is a service that you provide. And I think you need to be who you are all the time. You know, um, be who you are all the time. If you look at my page, I'm authentic. I care about the community, uh, about their life. I'm a military veteran, and I, I talk about education. Everything that we talk about right now, that's what's on my page. You know, and I think that when you do that uh as a leader, especially in a in a business or uh or, or a firm, you know, nobody can 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 do anything in a negative way because you're doing so much positive. And I think that it's important to know that you know your social media matters, you know. Uh you want to transform your followers into dollars. Uh if you're just doing it for the likes, then you lose it. You know what I'm saying? It's a waste of time. So the way I balance it is my business is my life. I don't play dominoes. I don't hang out, I don't play video games. You know what I'm saying? I love looking over resumes. I love uh, growing with my team. I love, um, you know, uh, evaluations. I love building. I love creating leaders. You know, what I'm saying? that's what I love. That's what I enjoy doing. I used to be the Madden King. I used to give. I used to hug boys twenty one skunk on that Madden man, twenty one skunk. until my half boys wanted to drop the controller to fight. That's how awesome I was. And then I stopped wasting my time. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think even with social media, don't waste your time um but your business should be your life like uh, you know if people don't want to talk about your life or business get you some new friends that's why i'm by myself all the time i can't help but to talk about business i can't help it's in me that's I, I'm, I'm at mcdonald's the other day i'm like why mcdonald's don't sell peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you know what i'm saying why we can't get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich happy meal somewhere you know what i'm saying like i'm thinking like that all the time right so and it's never gonna stop and so um you know business and life it goes hand in hand it's not it's not separate Uh, don't put your personal stuff on the business page. You'll never see my face on She's Happy here. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to show you the bundles. I'm trying to show you the shampoo that we created. I'm trying to show you this conditioner that flies off the shelves every day. We are running out of conditioner all the time, selling out because people want it. Because our R&D team was awesome, you know, and I think that that's what you should care about. You know, uh, I don't mix it on social media, but my life is business and business is my life. My page on social media is my page, uh, and then she's happy here or hanging game. That you know, those are the businesses. You don't you don't combine them. And uh, hopefully, that answers your question.
2: Okay. I love some of these quotes that you're you're mentioned. I'm actually trying to type some of the stuff up. You know, the part where you said "post where you want to be and not necessarily where you're at." Um, yeah, I love it. Hashtag.
1: It's big, man. I try to tell that to everybody. Uh, especially the high schoolers, you know, they be on there going in because they don't know no better yet. You know what I'm saying? You don't know that they're going to pull it up later. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to pull it up later, bro. Like, they, it's online. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Okay. Looks like Ruth got a,
0: a question real quick. And then, um, Bridget, we saw your question. So I'll give you an option in a minute to ask it on, you know, yourself or I can read it for you. But go ahead, Ruth. Unmute yourself. Welcome. Okay. Thank and, you. So first of all, uh, Thanks for putting this event together. Thank you, Marcus, for all the gems and the inspiration. Um, I, I gained a lot in such a short amount of time, and I'm I'm a person who stays at panels and going to events. So it's like, um, so do you offer like any e courses or any type of learning or training outside of She'sHappyHair.com? That's question number one.
2: Um, and then, until your book comes out, what book titles would you drop and share oh. with us? <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, so the book. Uh, I'm reading a book. I read Shut Up and Listen. This
2: book right here.
1: Me and my team, we read this one. Shut Up and Listen by Tim and Fatima. A lot of people know who James Harden is and Russell Westbrook, but they don't know who this guy is. And this who pay they, this who, who name on their checks. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> while, while we're trying to go play basketball and dunk, I'm trying to be him. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get to this level. You know, so uh, I, I read his book. And it was a recession-proof book where it's teaching you about how he survived all the recessions, right? So it was right on time, before the corona. We read this one. Um, Right now, as a team, we're reading uh, this John Maxwell book, which is the 17 indisputable laws of teamwork. You know, you want your team to grow together the right way, uh, not grow together in a competitive way where they're backstabbing each other and stuff like that. We need to know that we're all on the same team. And so we're reading that book. I read a book called Good to Great great book. Good to Great is a great book. It it got real world examples about Walgreens and Eckert's and some of these brands that are here and some of the ones that used to be here. Eckert's was a brand that everybody knew that competed with Walgreens that's no longer with us. And so I try to learn what they did right and wrong so that way I can do things right and wrong. Um, And then one of my favorite books I read my first time uh, coming back from China or going to China was Start Something That Matters. Uh, started by the guy that created Tom's Shoes. So the guy that created Tom's, the shoe line, he wrote a book called Start Something That Matters. And uh, it's a game changer. You know, it it, it makes you, it teaches you about more about social responsibility. One of the biggest things I learned in school at the University of Houston downtown was social responsibility, which is why if you see or you Google the brand She's Happy Hair, uh, you know, you'll see that me and my entire team, we always come up with great ideas on ways to give back, on ways to have a, Community footprint and ways to be remembered. Uh, what was that first question again?
0: Well, I'm glad you dropped that last that last uh, title um, because that's. I mean, I haven't launched my business, but that's what means a lot to me is that social impact and how do you intersect that with business. So I'm glad you dropped that title. So thank you for that.
1: E courses got it. All right. so, <laughs> yeah, e
0: courses the second so one. is right.
1: you can grab your phone right now and text globalpreneur. That's my okay. word. Spell entrepreneur. And then take the entree off and put global and then entrepreneur the And globalpreneur. text the word globalpreneur preneur to eight 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 one one one, And then you'll be a part of my email list, my text blast, because I'm going to start creating curriculum and platforms. So that way you can just press play on some of the things that I know. Or you can know that I'm having a panel or a discussion or a webinar. Um, and, you know, again, that's, that's where it happens. That's where the magic happens. Uh, I also had this event I do every year called the Fishbowl Experience. It's dedicated, and it's, it's crazy that the city of Houston haven't just gravitated to this just yet. But last year was the biggest year. Um, but every year, we give thirty to $50,000 to college graduates and military veterans. So mm-hmm. if you're a military veteran from any branch, Coast Guard, Army, Navy, Marines, whatever, Air Force, and you're a college graduate, you can register, pitch your idea to a team of millionaires, kind of like Shark Tank, and mm-hmm. either we can invest in your business and join the team, or we can just give you gems, and you can consult with us. But either way, it's a win for everybody, and it's a win for the community. And we do it every year, again, Veterans That weekend. And I'm definitely doing it this year uh, uh, virtually, of course. And the uh, same keyword or the same text in for that one is still eight 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 one one one, And then uh, the word FISH, F-I-S-H, for the Fish Bowl Experience. That's what that is.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Blessings. <laughs> Appreciate you. And um, uh, thank you, Valencia. Anybody, if you want to drop that in the chat and, you know, on the recap, we'll definitely put it up on the uh, rebroadcast. Final question of the night. This has been a great episode. This is normal. These are our episodes are normally an hour. We're we're, we're teetering into an hour 30. So we're about to wrap this right now so everybody can get on with the rest of their evening. But we're going to end it with one more question from Bridget. And then that'll be the end of today's episode. So Bridget says, hi, uh, thanks for coming, Marcus. I started a hair company last year. Do you think it is too saturated at this point? Things have taken a downturn since the pandemic.
1: Uh, nothing, Nothing's too saturated. <clears throat> That's in my book. You know what I'm saying? Taking care of business. You know, uh, if Burger King and Wendy's and Jack in the Box and all these other Red Robin and all these other places that sell burgers felt like McDonald's had it sold up, they wouldn't be where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a lot of people in business, and all you need is a small piece of the pot. You don't need the whole pie. You don't need half the pie. You don't need a quarter of the pie. All you need is your piece. And, you know, it's a lot of people that sell hair that don't have jobs. You know, they're just not selling hair to the best of their ability because they did not go to college for business. They're not selling hair to the best of their ability because they don't have an awesome team. You know, they're not selling hair to the best of their ability because they're not traveling around the world. But any industry that you want to jump into is wide open. Look at the nail tech industry it's a lot of entrepreneurs about to be balling because nobody's going back to the nail shops the old way because we're afraid. And so, you know, a lot of us are doing, we jumping into the nail industry and providing that service. Now, as black women, you got to do feet. Don't not do feet. You got to do feet too. You know what I'm saying? Get all the money. I think if you jump into a business, you should not jump into the business and just get the hand money. You know what I'm saying? Get all the money, get the full body. That's that's deserved to you, you know, and you got to be willing to get dirty. I, I was a plumber. I'm a plumber. I used to, like, I can, I can change a toilet with my bare hands. Do I want to? No. But can I? Yeah. So I'm willing to get out there and get dirty to make the money. But I think, you know, every industry is so wide open that you can't be afraid. Like, there's no industry that I can think of where I'm like, nah, I can't do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, I can I can do anything. And you can, too. You can, you can, and you get your piece of the pie. Don't think about the whole pie or how much money this person's making or how much money that person's making. When I jumped into the hair industry, me and my team, it was other people selling hair. We just didn't know them. You know what I'm saying? They just wasn't doing what we doing. And so it's people that's doing what you're doing. You just got to jump in and do what they're doing that's working, do what you see other people doing, and then do what you know that you need to be doing. Combine all that shit and get this money—it's a lot of chicken shacks. This is a spot called Timmy Chan here in Houston. I don't know how they open. They famous. They, famous. they don't know how they open. They don't have a no website. We don't even know if it's real chicken. You know what <laughs> and so, if you are in the community and you make some hell of a chicken, we need a Leroy Chan. You can't sit at home and be like, man, it's too many Timmy Chans out here, man. You know what I'm saying? It's too many Timmy Chans, man. Nah, Leroy Chan coming
2: soon around this month.
1: You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Well, with the poke chops, all that. You know, so. Just, just jump in. Don't be afraid. So,
2: so, Marcus, you've done pretty much everything. So after you've got the uh, NFL,
1: and then you know, got. I never. Hey, I'm not. Name. Hey, I know NFL, man. You know what I'm saying? I play football though. You know? Oh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I have a lot of time. I'm a man of many hats, man. Many talents, you know. Well, cool. so how can people find out about you? You know, where are some of your uh, social handles? Uh, again, my name. Uh, I'm authentic. I don't have any nicknames. I never had a nickname. It's just Marcus Bowers. M-A-R-C-U-S. B-O-W-E-R-S, and I put TV because that's where the world's going. You know, everybody's going live. I might need to put Marcus Bowers live or Marcus Bowers TV because I see a lot of people going live, but they ain't talking about nothing. And I like what you just shared. You like, you know, you go to these panels and discussions and seminars, I'll be feeling the same way in the audience. Like, give me the mic. You know what I'm saying? They wasting our time. They ain't saying nothing. And so I go to a lot of the Essence Festival or a lot of – whatever event where they have these panelists, And I'll be like, man, they ain't even even dropping no gems. You know what I'm saying? And so one gem that I want to drop for everybody that's on here, because this is important, especially if you're an entrepreneur, name check, N-A-M-E-C-H-K. N-A-M-E-C-H-K. It will save your life. It will keep you from wasting your time. It will keep you from creating a brand and a name and thinking that nobody's ever heard of it before. You can actually search it and make sure that Nobody has the Instagram yet. Nobody has the YouTube yet. That the domain names are still available. Before you start putting that energy into a brand new idea and you create a baby, and then you got to abort it because somebody else got Happy Kids Daycare. You know what I'm saying? Because I created a company called Happy Kids, Etc. to be known for the moonwalks and inflatables across the city of Houston. Website, social media, everything that we talk about. And I did not search it on check. And when I went and searched it on name check, they didn't, I tried to legalize the business with the state. They was like, nah, it's a company called Happy Kids Daycare on the north side of Houston that's too close to Happy Kids, etc." even though we're two different types of businesses. We got a rental company versus a daycare, but we're dedicated to kids and youth. And so the state was like, nah, it's too close to the similar names. And so you have to go find that owner and hope that they sign something to give you the opportunity to use that name. The owner never gave me the opportunity happy kids, etc., don't exist. So name check is very important because it will save your life. Uh, that's how I came up with Hanging Game. Before, I think I came up, the name of the, the, the business was going to be hang, hang In There. Hang In There. That was going to be the name of my business with the pull-up bar. Hang In There. Because I wanted the, the acronym of HIT, H-I-T. But Hang In There was taken. I looked on Name Check, and Hang In There was taken on some platforms, not all. And so I don't want to have hanging on some platforms. I need all the platforms. And so I had to come up with another name. And so I came uh-huh. up with hanging gang. I searched hanging gang on name check and voila. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Coming soon to a festival near you. Yeah, <laughs> And Marcus, do you like to get the dot coms too? Because I don't like the dot
0: net, the dot biz. Personally, I want the dot com on anything. So, so
1: when you jump into business, when you're doing a big cartel and a dot net, and don't nobody take that shit seriously. Nobody wants to shop at those type of stores. Mm-hmm. You want to shop at the dot coms. You right. Know what I'm Nobody wants to shop at the dot biz. Like we don't even. Yo, inside the inside of your store might stink. You know what I'm saying? We won't shop there. We're going to go to the dot But so make sure the doctor no, no, no. is available so you can move forward.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, y'all. I know we could talk all night long. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I want to thank Marcus so much for coming on here, dropping gems. I mean, obviously, we went 30 minutes over, so that's testament to all the information. You guys know how to connect with Marcus. The recap will be up soon. Thank y'all so much. Thank you, Marcus. Have a wonderful evening and tune into the next episode. Thank y'all.